0: Micah Folsom. And we have an awesome guest with us today. His name is Dr. John Finn, and he founded the award-winning tougher minds consultancy and best-selling author of the habit mechanic. He has three psychology related degrees, including a PhD and has worked in performance psychology, resilience, and leadership science for over 20 years. Tougher minds uses cutting edge insights from psychology, behavioral science, neuroscience, and world champions to help organizations develop, help habit mechanics and achieve habit mechanics, resilient people, outstanding leaders, and world-class teams. He has trained and coached over 10,000 people, and he has so much wisdom to share with us. Y'all, you know how obsessed I am with habits. You know how much I love them. You know how unsexy they are, but so freaking life-changing and effective when really dialed in and honed in on the life you want to create. So let's turn it over to this conversation. It is one you do not want to miss. All right, Dr. Finn, we are so pumped to have you on the show today. I gave our audience a brief, uh, kind of introduction to who you are and what you do, but I want them to really understand you have so much experience and expertise under your belt how did you get into this work what is a little bit more about your story um let's start with that first
1: yeah so when I was 18 I went to study sports science at university so physiology psychology nutrition motor control which is how the science of how we learn I was a pretty good athlete and I played I got selected for the international rugby student rugby team
0: that's awesome and we were
1: playing in a a warm-up game for um, an international fixture against Australia, and I had a disaster. My position was the full-back, so you have to catch a lot of high balls. We were playing on a wet, windy day in the north of England against a men's professional team. I was 19 years old, and the ball was coming down. I was stood pretty much on my own goal line, and all I could say to myself was, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball. You're going to drop the ball, you're going to drop the ball. I didn't even drop the ball. I just completely missed it. Oh. This this got a try. I got substituted. I didn't get selected. I had a big injury around that time as well. So my ambitions of playing high-level sport were over. So I thought, well, the next best thing is to help people to be at their best. And I was really taken by the sports psychology piece. So I, I went on this journey over the past 20-plus years. But what I learned very early on was – the education I was getting from my degrees, and I've got three degrees in this area, including a PhD, it was very much about helping people to know what they should do differently. So, you know, knowing that telling yourself, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball (laughs) is not a good idea, Right. but it was very light on, well, actually, how do you help people to Mm -hmm. make change, to change their behavior? And this is still, this is still what happens today. So Most of us know and agree, actually, it's a good idea to eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day and to walk 10,000 steps. Yeah. In the UK where I live, our national health Mm -hmm. service spends more than half of its annual budget. And the national health service is the biggest company in Europe. It spends more than half its annual budget on diseases that emerge because people don't eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day and they don't walk 10,000 steps. And when I went to study my masters, I was very lucky that I was got to work with some academics that were really into the the neuroscience of performance. And it was right at the time where this technology called functional MRI scanners, which was the first technology that allowed us to look inside the brain in real time in a really sophisticated Mm -hmm. way, that technology was becoming cheap enough that researchers could buy it and start to run research experiments. Mm-hmm. So I, I understood that if we wanted to help people to do better, we had to tap into that new science, into the behavioral science and the neuroscience. And, and I think that pop psychology has done a really bad job on educating people about what, about the importance of habits. Yeah. And it's often talking about theories that are 50, 60, even hundred years old. They're what we call black box theories They're theories that were developed without actually understanding what was going on inside the brain. And as we've become more and more sophisticated at looking at our brain function, it's very clear that most of what we're doing most of the time is automatic or semi-automatic behavior, in other words, mindless.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.
1: So right now, we're in a we've, we've got a window of we're either 98% automatic all the way up to 100% automatic. We have a tiny bit of consciousness. So I became really passionate about well how do we help people to build better habits? Because it isn't the 50% we've been told it is and we've got 50% conscious, that's nonsense. It's most of what we're doing. Habits are not just physical things that we do, it's how we think as well. All habits work Mm -hmm. the same in the sense of what you practice, you get better because your brain adapts. So, if you practice worrying and beating yourself up and procrastinating and getting stressed, you get better at those things. Many people have got better at those things over the last few years because of the pandemic and the the VUCA world. So, I've spent the last 20 years over 25,000 hours creating training, coaching that actually helps people to, to make positive change in their life individually and collectively. And everything I know about that, I put into my new bestselling book, The Habit Mechanic, which is a manual for life. It's a toolkit for success. It's not a book with one idea repeated 10 times. It's literally something that you're going to go back to again and again and again, whether you want to be at your best more often And, or you want to help other people to be at their best more often, because we've got the habit mechanic and then the chief habit mechanic. So that's a bit more about how I got to where I am.
0: So cool. I love it. I love it. So I, first of all, I love that you had a very personal experience that really drove this desire to study this and to figure this out and to learn more so that you could help more people maybe not go through that. Don't catch the ball. Don't catch catch the ball. Like, moment because so many of us do. Um, I love so, Habit Mechanic. So, your book, I'm like, okay, everybody needs this book because <laughs> that is going to be so powerful. The Habit Mechanic is teaching. So, like, what, like, explain the Habit Mechanic versus the Chief Habit Mechanic for a sec.
1: Yeah. So, the world is more challenging than ever before. Mm-hmm. And it's easier than ever to develop unhelpful habits. Yeah. Sp- spending more time worrying. Beating yourself up, procrastinating, not eating properly, not sleeping properly, et cetera. So, we need to, we've learned that if you want to do better, it's most helpful if you adopt this different identity. I'm a habit mechanic now, I'm going to be working on myself. So, you know, if, if you want to get your car fixed, you go to a mechanic, an expert who can look under the bonnet and really know. Um, what's what and actually what's broken and, and how to fix it. Most people you will speak to to get advice, get support in helping you to do better, don't actually know how your brain works. So they're not in a great position to actually help you to do better. So we want to empower people to help them to actually understand how their brain works. Like a car mechanic understands how a car engine works. And that's the starting point. And that. then, what you, once you understand that, you can then start to un, uh, t- to analyze your habits, your helpful habits and your unhelpful habits, and start to target some of the unhelpful habits and replace them with more helpful habits. So that's the habit mechanic going on that journey and developing what we call habit mechanic intelligence. And this is a lifelong okay. journey; it's never over. Right. Once you understand how to become a habit mechanic and be at your best more often. You can then use the same science to become a chief habit mechanic to learn how to build cultures that make it really easy for people to build helpful habits. Again, we think of things like culture and leadership. They're often labeled as, you know, they're arts and they're sort of a little bit mystical. They're not. They're they're a science. There's a clear science of why humans do what they do. It's called behavioral science. And we've created our own uh, proprietary model called the nine action factor model, which is threaded throughout the books. It shows you how to use all that great science to make it as easy as possible uh, to actually make sustainable change. And, you know, you'll hear things like habit stacking. Well, that's Mm -hmm. one of nine factors. That's external triggering. You hear things like, well, you need motivation. Yeah, but that's one of nine factors. So you've got to get all the factors lined up to give yourself the very best chance. We make that super simple uh, in The Habit Mechanic, both for yourself, but also to start thinking about how do we create this culture that makes it as easy as possible for our people to develop the habits that are going to help them and the business to thrive.
0: I love it. This is so great. I'm like, habits have always been something that, to me, are like one of our greatest tools in our tool belt. It's like you can try to change in a million different ways, but like really aligning your habits to the goals that you want to achieve, like simplifies the process so much because you take out the guesswork, you take out the the daily should I do it or should I not? Like it just truly does become a part of who you are. Like, yeah, I love that you're like, no, this becomes a part of your identity, like you're shifting, you are a habit mechanic. Like you are like, this is who you are. This is how you operate. This is just how you do things. It's no longer like, should I do this? Or should I do this? I don't really feel like doing that today. So I don't really, it's just like, it's just innate. It's subconscious. It's who you are. This is so, so powerful. You talk, you talk about super habits. What are those?
1: So we've learned that certain habits are disproportionately impactful. Mm. The super habits are disproportionately impactful in a positive way. So by doing one super habit, you actually you activate lots of other helpful habits. Oh, okay. But we also have destructive habits and they work the opposite way. They're disproportionately impactful in a negative way. So a super habit for and you've got to, the book helps you to work out what these are for yeah. you. One example of well, one of my super habits is I go for the first thing I do every morning is I go for a run. I go for a run because I want to get the right neurotransmitters into my brain, dopamine, BDNF, neuroadrenaline, so that when I get to my desk, I can do my mentally challenging work. But also by going for the run, it helps me to manage what I eat. I'm mm. more productive that day. I'm already starting to accumulate enough exercise so that when I get to bedtime the same day, I've got a better chance of getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. So, this just this one thing, you know, 20, 25 minutes of my time. It saves me probably an hour each day. The second super habit I do, and lots of habit mechanics do this. Cause we've got, we've got an app called the Habit Mechanic University. Just launched actually. Uh, it's on Android and on uh, Apple. It's free. And the main thing that we do in there is we post our daily T plans. T stands for tiny empowering action. And essentially, it's a two-minute self-reflection and planning exercise that you do. You post into the community and you get some support and you commit to this tiny little thing. So, so my my tea today is only check the news once hmm. because there's been so much stuff going on in the UK with uh, the Queen uh, passing away and then yeah. the, the economic stuff in the last week. So it's so easy to get hooked in. But I know that that's not, helpful for me so by identifying your super habits you kind of create this spine throughout the day that makes it really much easier for you to be at your best but again it's a journey that you go on nothing in our programs are ever prescriptive it's about giving you the tools to learn more about yourself to develop your habit mechanic intelligence but the things that help you to be at your best will be unique to you because you're unique ultimately yeah. And I, th- I think the idea of um, yeah habits driving everything that we do the, the metaphor we have and because it's the end of the month I'm gonna I was thinking about doing a post on her LinkedIn tomorrow about this but it's it's the it's an iceberg so we call it the fam story iceberg which is future ambitious meaningful story so you create this future ambitious meaningful story about yourself the top of the iceberg is the distant future the next phase down is the next one to four years, then you've got the next 12 months, then you've got this month and you've got this week and you've got today. So right at the bottom of the iceberg, as you say, it's your habits. So today mm-hmm. you've got to think, well, what, what are the habits I'm going to have to develop that'll give me the best chance of being at my best? So good sleep, good diet, good exercise are, are fundamental. And then you can also take the same idea for a business because this is where we see businesses getting it really wrong. We just actually, I've done another podcast today a human resource podcast and I was saying to the host you know just here's how fundamental habits are forget human resources it's habit resources because habits run the business
0: yeah
1: forget human capital it's habit capital but the, the he, there was a stat on the show that essentially said that only nine percent of businesses are happy with their um performance management systems they employ in their businesses. So only 9% think that their performance management systems actually work. The reason they don't work is because they don't focus on habits. They focus on if we can get our people to know what they should do, then they'll do it. No, we've got to exactly like the iceberg metaphor. You've got to work out, you've you've got to move away from a knowledge-based strategy to a habit-based strategy. What are the habits that are going to allow our people to actually do the things that are gonna help them to be engaged, to be productive, to manage stress. We we are not, we're, we're only just starting with unlocking the power of, of habits. It's like you've yeah. got a gold mine inside yourself. It's like you've got a gold mine inside your business, just waiting to be unlocked.
0: I love this. This is so encouraging. One of, some of the things that I do with my clients um, on their health and wellness journey is I kind of take them through three phases. And it's essentially habit stacking through each month. So we start really basic fundamental. And then the next month we stack a little bit more on to those and we stack a little bit more onto those. And it's, it's so much easier to take on that journey and to focus on those fundamental things than it is to like throw everything on at once and try to give you all the information and try to teach you all the things. And, and then it's just like, ah, like, this is so much, I can't do it. And then they shut down. And so I love hearing the science side of it and behind why that's beneficial and why that actually works. And it does make it seem so much easier. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling. My next month spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living, this is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have, um, your favorite treats and your favorite things. And we'll teach you how to incorporate those. And it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity, when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So Go to Micah Folsom slash get fit to learn all about it, fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you and we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. I always talk about success can feel hard or it can feel easy. And I am like so big on like develop these simple, simple daily habits that are aligned. And it feels like it flows. It feels like I don't have to struggle with the, like I was mentioning, like with the, am I motivated today or am I not? Do I want to show up today or do I not? You develop these habits that are just so aligned with what you need to be doing, who you need to be in order to achieve those goals. And it feels so much easier. And I'm like, oh, everything in life, like you don't want it to feel hard. You don't want it to seem impossible. Like you're not going to show up for that if it feels so hard every day. And so I'm like super excited to go through your book and really, really digest all of this. So I have a better understanding of just how this all works together. Cause this is, this is what I love. So I'm like, I'm like super loving this conversation so much. Um, You mentioned, you mentioned the nine action factors. So I want everyone to obviously get the books. You can really learn all the things. Are there, are these something that you can bust through pretty quickly? Or are there some that like, I just want to touch on those because I feel like those are really important.
1: Yeah, and these are driving our life. And you in what you just described, you talked about inadvertently triggering some of those factors. Mm-hmm. So if we think of when I say behaviors, I mean everything that we think and do. So we, we often think of behavior as bad behavior, being, you know, at school or whatever. But behavior just means everything that you think and do in in, in the world of psychology. Mm-hmm. And you can put behaviors on a continuum. One of the continuum is simple behaviors. The other end is complex behaviors. If, and so examples of some simple behaviors are things like eating more donuts, watching more Netflix, you know checking social media more often. If you want to develop more simple behaviors, you don't have to worry too much about the nine action factors because they're already on your side. If you want to develop more complex habits like sleeping well, managing stress better, becoming a great leader, being more efficient and effective with your time, you need to get behavioral science working for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and an example we can use to introduce these factors is a complex behavior, and that's learning to drive. Most of us have, have done it, or we kind of get what it's about. So let me talk through the nine factors in relation to learning to drive. Okay. So the first factor is what we call the habit mechanic mindset. This is about believing and understanding that we can learn, we can grow, we can, we can, we can get better at things. If you don't believe you can learn and get better, you're not going to be able to learn to drive. It's a non-starter. So that's right. an important factor. And that's why we start by teaching people how their brain works, etc. The second factor, which you alluded to in your example, is what we call a tiny factor. So when you're learning to drive, you accept that it's going to take you a long time. You, you'll do it over months. You accept that in the first lesson, you probably don't even, you're not even going to drive anywhere. You just learn where things are in the vehicle. Yet when we're trying to make other changes in our lives, like we're trying to lose weight, for example, if we can't do it after the first week, we give up and we beat ourselves up and we tell Mm -hmm. ourselves we'll never do it. We can make change, but only tiny little adjustments. So it's important to understand that. The next factor is called personal motivation. So if you learned to drive, there was a bigger reason why. You had to get the kids to school. I had to get to work. I had to, I want to be the first person in my peer group to do it. So if we can connect the small changes we want to make today with our bigger goals, again, as you were alluding to. So if you can connect the bottom of the iceberg with the top of the iceberg, it's going to be easy to keep persisting. The personal knowledge and skills is another one. So you might have all the motivation in the world to want to learn how to drive, but without lessons, you can't, you're not going to do it. That's why you have the lessons to get more knowledge and more skills. And we often know that we, it'd be great to get better at managing stress or managing sleep or being more productive or being a better leader they're often very intangible things so we need more knowledge and skills to help us connected to that is what we call community knowledge and skills so Mm -hmm. if you want to learn to drive for example it's really helpful if Mm -hmm. your parents know how to do it because they can take you for a free driving lesson at the weekend equally if you want to get better at managing stress it's helpful if people around you know how to do it So that's why we have an entire set of habit mechanic language that you can use to make quite complex things very simple. Next factor is social influence. So we model and we copy what important people around us do. So if I wanna learn to be a great driver, but my father doesn't think the speed limit is a valid idea, (laughs) then that's not gonna be a good role model for me. So we've gotta recognize the importance of other people around us and how they influence our behavior. Mm -hmm. The next factor is um, reward and penalty systems. So in the driving example, you get rewarded for driving well, you get your license, your car insurance goes down, you get to keep your license. If you drive poorly, you might not get your license, but if you get it, you get uh, monetary fines, points in your license, your car insurance goes up, eventually you lose your license. So we've got these silent reward and penalty system, some obvious, some far less obvious, that are driving our behavior all the time. We've got the next one is external triggers. This is... Connected to the stacking habit stacking idea. So, the driving example in a modern car now, if you don't put your seatbelt on, you get a ping, ping, ping. You've got a speedometer reminding you how quickly you're driving. There's a line in the middle of the road designed to remind you which side to drive on. There are uh, crossings, there are speed cameras, cop cars, et cetera. And then the final factor is um, brain states. So, if you Try to learn when you're sleep deprived, for example, it's not going to be very efficient and effective if you learn at all. So you've got to make sure that you match your brain state with the thing that you're trying to get better at. So all those nine factors are driving everything that we're doing right now, but they're invisible to us. They're driving everything that happens in your business. So everything good that's happening in your business is driven by those factors. Everything bad that's happening in your business is driven by those factors. And we can learn how to control those factors. It's a science. And if you think of, if you go back to that 9% idea of only 9% of businesses are happy with their performance management uh, systems. If you go to a professional sports team, I can see you've got some sports uh, memorabilia yeah. behind it. <laughs> you go to any professional sports team and ask them, are you happy with the physical conditioning of your players? You're going to get probably more than 95% saying we are happy because we've taken sports science, the science of physiology, and we've woven that into how we develop those athletes. Yeah. Now we've got the opportunity to take behavioral science and neuroscience and weave that into how we develop the, the minds and the behaviors of ourselves and our people. And this is relatively untapped. So it's super exciting. And when people do this, unsurprisingly, they get massive results.
0: This is exciting. This is exciting. Um, It's so interesting because as you're talking about those nine factors, I'm like in my brain, like coming up with, oh yeah, that makes sense for this. Oh yeah, that's what, but it's like, we're not even aware. We're not even aware that this stuff is going on. So we can't, obviously we can't leverage it if we're not aware of it. So I think this is just really powerful to learn and understand this so that we can then identify, okay, well, I'm getting these negative results. And now I can start to identify these are my behaviors. And I didn't even understand that that was correlated with this. Like, so this is really cool stuff or positive behaviors. And this is what I want to make sure that I don't let slide. Cause lots of times you get positive results because you're doing the right things. And then all of a sudden it gets easy and in flow and you stop doing those things. And then you wonder why you're not getting the results anymore, but you're not tying all of it together. So I love this so much. You talk about, um, a willpower story. What is that? exactly
1: yeah so willpower is the we we describe that as the force that lives in the prefrontal cortex that short consciousness willpower is a limited resource and often we over rely on willpower Mm -hmm. to help us to secure change willpower is i mean there has been a few books out in the last few years saying that willpower is a waste of time it's it's not willpower is a conduit for all change because. It's the force that you use to intercede and say, wait a minute, that's not helping me. I need Mm -hmm. to do something differently. So the willpower story is is using that little bit of resource that you've got to plan your day ahead. So it's a timeline of the day using lots of different habit mechanic insights like what we call your brain states, um, helping you to break your tasks into ice cubes and ice sculptures, helping you to match your activation level for the different tasks that you're doing. So it's a way of taking some really sophisticated insights about how we function, what we're trying to achieve every day and giving ourselves a simple, it's a simple planning tool we can use to give ourselves the best chance of doing that. So that's the key thing. This is one of the the first stories I share in the book. There's a very famous athlete called Roger Bannister and he's famous because he was the first human being to run the mile in four minutes in under four minutes. And when he was, when he was, when he completed that, he, there was, there was people who'd been trying to do it for you know, 40, 50 years. And there was also other people. Uh, there's a, a guy called John Landay, an Australian, an American guy called Wes Santee. They were all trying to win this prize. The reason that Bannister beat them is because he dug into the science what most people don't know about is he, he was studying uh, medicine at Oxford University whilst he was doing all his training, and he was also a research scholar. Oh, wow. And the research he was doing, he was going into the Oxford University laboratories, and he was getting people on to treadmills. You know, back in the in the forties, fifties, I think it was. So <laughs> this is like pioneering sports science research, as we call it now. And he was really interested in the role of oxygen in running a distance and he started to work out that oxygen was really important and that if you could get better at conserving oxygen you'd have a better chance of running faster so he then essentially retargeted all his training so he could get better at conserving oxygen the way that he ran the way Absolutely. he trained etc so he was looking inside the body not taking a black box approach he was taking a scientific approach Whereas his competitors were just looking at how quickly do I run,
0: yeah,
1: in a in a much more um, amateurish way. So what you were describing there for me is you would you were starting to take the habit mechanic mindset and thinking about the science. Oh yeah, actually, well, what about yeah. this and what about that? And of course, when we start to understand all the factors that are driving our behaviour, we can start to get much more control over them.
0: I love that, and I think that's so good for people to understand is I think a lot of people get so frustrated with themselves because they're relying on the willpower. They're relying on the motivation alone, or they're relying on whatever, and then they fail or they whatever they given to temptation. Again, they don't show up for this. when they told themselves they were going to, they don't, they eat the cupcake when they're on the diet, they do whatever. And they just like, it's like beat it, beat yourself, beat yourself up, beat yourself up. up, And you feel like the failure when you're doing this, but really like what Dr. Finn is sharing with us is we have so much going on that we aren't even aware of. And so just by like equipping yourself with this knowledge and this understanding and really opening up new ideas and new just learning this stuff will help you feel so much more empowered when you show up to that goal and when you show up to that that roadblock that has been standing in your way forever you're you're going to feel much more equipped and i think that is one of the things that we as human beings we need to feel empowered in our choices And that's one of the things that lots of times when I'm coaching clients, I don't want to just give you a meal plan. I don't want to just give you like exactly what I'm doing because it's not going to be right for you. And I love that you touched on that. Like, we're not just giving you a protocol of things to do. Like we're helping you understand how this is actually working, giving you tools and solutions so that you can then make the best choice for you. And you can create your super habits and you can create the things because that's ultimately what we all need to take ownership of is we're all very, very unique individuals who have different needs, different desires, different goals, different bio individual, individuality like is the real deal, right? So I love that your book just is really equipping human beings to be their best, because when you can become your best, you do so much better in everything else that you're doing in life. And I think that's what all of our listeners want, whether it's business, health, mom life, dad life, like whatever it is. And your book, I feel like is going to hit so many of those things that people are wanting right now.
1: Yeah, we want, we fundamentally are designed for control. We want to control our environment. We want to control how we feel. We want to control how we're perceived by other people. And, you know, the first, when we have more control over ourselves than we've been led to believe when you know 20 about 25 years ago if you ask the top neuroscientists in the world about what happened well they were very compelled that when you stopped physically growing your brain stopped changing in any substantial way so we have this very genetic understanding You, you are what your genes are we've dramatically changed how we understand human behavior in the last 25 years so we've been conditioned to to believe things that are not true. And we have so much more potential, you know, learning is everyone's superpower.
0: Yeah.
1: And the first question, so we talked about the T plan before. The first question I ask myself every day is how well did I do my best to be at my best and achieve my goals? And of course, the more I understand myself, the better I can answer that question. But every day when I, and ask myself that question, I'm going on that learning journey. So it doesn't matter where you are now, or if you are, if you were to answer that question now, how well did you do your best to be at best and achieve your goals yesterday? If you're a one, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just about recognising, first of all. And then you say, well, what can I do a little bit differently today? What's my tiny empowering action, my T? Give myself a, a, just a little bit better chance of doing it. So, yeah, absolutely. When we understand ourselves, it's so empowering and it's our habits are the foundation for everything in life for our health for our happiness it's not habits are nice but habits are literally everything that we're doing because we're so automated it's just that we're wired to think about the outside world and not ourselves because if we were wired to think about ourselves and what's going on inside our brains we wouldn't be able to pay attention to anything else because it's like you've got a trillion tiny little mechanical <laughs> cogs whirling around mindlessly in your brain. That's how your brain works. So, yeah. if we were thinking about that all the time, we wouldn't be doing anything else.
0: Totally. I mean, even just thinking about how you put on your shoes, how you shower, like you do the same things over and over and over, day after day after day, the same way without thinking twice about it. Like, that's just how you do it. So, when you can really understand, okay, this is what do i want to achieve this is what like this is where i want to go now kind of let's reverse engineer this what are the things that i can do on a daily basis what are the things that i can tweak and just improve like by a hair to move you forward in the right direction to get you on a stronger path like and it's not going to feel monumental it's not going to feel like you have to overhaul every single thing in your life and you can just take it like little by little um i just i i love how powerful habits are. I I just love how life-changing they are really. And it's, it's kind of hard to put into words like the trajectory in a good or a bad way. Like as you really understand the habits that you're currently living, where are they taking you? Like, and I don't think a lot of people take the time to think about that. Like if I continue to do what I do every single day, What is life going to look like in 20 years? What is my health going to look like in 20 years? How am I going to feel? What are my finances going to be like? Versus, okay, now let's just tweak a hair. Let's just improve a little bit in a few different areas. And then the course can completely change in a positive or negative way if you're going the other direction. But I I just really love this stuff, if you can't tell. (laughs) This is so fun.
1: And I think as well, what's really insightful for people is their thinking habits. Yeah. So everyone right now is speaking to themselves, and if you don't think you're speaking to yourself, notice you've just said to yourself, "I'm not speaking to myself. I'm not a crazy person." <laughs> this is here all the time, yeah. and often it's framed in an unhelpful way.
0: Yeah.
1: And the more you, the the rules of brain function are very simple. Your brain changes. In accordance with what you practice. So, if you practice worrying and beating yourself up, you're growing more neurobiological connections for worrying and beating yourself up. And you are getting better and better at that. So, we get good at what we practice in both directions. Yeah. And one of the so my PhD work is in one of the thing one of the big things is in it's called meaning focused coping, changing the meaning of things. So one of the so. Another one of my super habits at the end of the day, writing a written reflection. And in the book, there are tons of different ways I show that I do that. But the simplest way I do that is called the three to one, a daily three to one. So that means that at the end of every day, I spend just a few minutes very deliberately writing down three helpful or positive things about the day. And one thing I can do better in the next 24 hours. And by doing that, the, the best way to practice thinking is to write. Mm. Because it makes you pay attention to it. So by doing that, I am rewiring my brain and making it easier for my my brain to pay attention to helpful things. So it's not just about physical things, it's about thinking as well. It's about yeah. both of those things together. And again, because our thinking is so automatic, we have predictive brains, you know, when we meet a new person, we have made a, a, a judgment about their entire life within five seconds. That's not logical, it's not conscious. It's your brain taking a shortcut. It's your brain's number one operating rule is to save energy. Yeah. Because for most of our existence, energy has been a really scarce resource. And that's why it tries to habitualize everything. So if we want to get out of the habit brain, stepping back, asking ourselves those reflective questions, how well did I do my best, writing down the reflections. Um, And that's what the habit mechanic book designed to do. It's packed full of tools that allow you to do that, but to do it in a way that's most helpful for you.
0: Yeah. I love it. Okay. Where can, where can our listeners get your book? Is it, is it on Amazon? I know yes, you're it's in the on, UK. Am- it's on Amazon.
1: Yeah. It's on Amazon and all the major online retailers got the audio book as well. I, cool. I did the audio book. So sort I of a You get to one. hear
0: your accent the whole time. It's beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not sure everyone would agree with that, but, but yeah. So check it out. I'd personally, I'm, I'm the sort of listen to it and, write it down as well. So it's like, it's like a workbook, but anyway, so yeah, it's available in all formats.
0: Awesome. You guys do one thing for your life right now and pause this and go get the book and then actually read it and apply. Cause this is the powerful stuff that most people will go through life, not even thinking twice about this stuff, but this is like a superpower in my opinion, when you can really understand this and you can really learn and apply, you can like catapult your life in ways that right now probably don't even seem possible. So thank you, Dr. Venn, for being on with us, for sharing your wisdom and experience and knowledge. I am going to take my own advice and get off of this and go grab your book right away. I know my husband is going to just eat this up and love it too. Cause he's all about this stuff. Um, is there anywhere else? What, where's your website and things so people can find more about what you do?
1: Yes. So if you go to tougherminds.co.uk, I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere around this podcast. Also, we have, we just launched the Habit Mechanic University app, which is just a community where Habit Mechanics get together and we post our tea plans, we post our three to one reflections. So come and join us in there. And we're going to be adding things into that community like challenges. And we've got a really sophisticated planning uh, app that's coming. That makes it even easier to build better habits. So yeah, get in touch. If you've got any questions, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect on there, it's Dr. John Finn.
0: Awesome. You guys, this was so powerful. Make sure that you share this one with your friends, your family, your teammates, your coaches, all of the people that you care about, your clients. Like This is the stuff that's going to help empower, Mm -hmm. equip them to make the changes that they desire. Because without this stuff, it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard to make changes that really last when you don't understand how everything is working within. So Dr. John, once again, thanks for being on and you guys will see you back here in another week. See ya. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams. Because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.